There's the shotgun snap to Fields. He's back. Fields looking. Fields pressured. Fields hit from behind. He's going down. No, he stayed up. Fields, no, he's going down. Get him down. Get him down. Sacked. Welcome to the uh, 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast. I am Tim Twentyman. He is PJ Clark. This is presented by Microsoft. And, and Peach, we're here a day after the Lions' 31-18 victory over the New York Giants. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're also going to shoot forward and, and preview short week. Buffalo Gotta. a little bit. It's that short week. It's that Thanksgiving. Lions fans, this team, this organization is used to that. But, boy, Thursday got a little more, a uh, little more fun. Definitely a little got more a dramatic, little more exciting. With three with straight wins, three straight wins, two on the road. What is it? First three game win streaks in 2017. Yep. Um, and the way they did it was impressive. Um, they went on the road, and I thought they dominated pretty much all three phases of the game against the Giants. And look, that was a seven-two football team. I know that was, you know, a team that had won some close games, and people wondered how good they really were, but. They were seven and two. You are what your record is. Dan Campbell says it all the time, right? And so that was a seven and two football team, and you went on the road into their house and you beat them. And I thought that was impressive. I think they, the Lions, even kind of out Giants the Giants yesterday. The Giants have won these close games, not playing disciplined football, not a lot of penalties, and that's what you saw from the Lions yesterday. And the Giants took a lot of penalties, especially early in the first half, that extended some Lions drives, got points off of it, and and that's really where I think it went wrong for New York. And then the Lions took advantage. Well, and they executed the game plan right. And they, they, you know, Dan Campbell, these players talked all week about we have to stop Saquon Barkley, who entered that yep. game 931 yards, was leading the league um, in rushing 1120. Uh, total purpose yards. I think that was second. And so, look, the, you know, the week prior in the win over uh, the Texans, he carried the ball 35 times. So you knew that was going that was through the Saquon. Yep. And I thought right off the get-go with Aline McNeil stuffing him in the middle on the first play of the game, yep. I think that just set a tone. And 15 carries for 22 yards for Saquon Barkley, his longest run, Peach, four yards yeah, in that game. that's exactly how you drew it up. And, and I know that Dan Campbell made a point early in the week when talking about the Giants that he was, you know, he and you mentioned it even with Bugs on the podcast that he was like a two yard, two yard, two yard, and then he gets the sixty yarder, and you had to be aware on every play, and he just he never even got to the second level. The defensive line just stopped him in his tracks every time. No, and this is what Dan Campbell had to say about you know his defense job stopping uh, Saquon Barkley on Sunday. Yeah, I mean it's uh, pretty much speaks for itself. We knew he was the key. We could not let him get going, and uh, we did that. I mean, you just said it. I don't know what that average is, 1-4 or something. Um, but, I mean, that was huge uh, because everything did run through him. And um, so we, we, uh, that, was, that was the main focus of our defense this week, and they, they performed it perfectly. And, uh, and then the takeaways, something else we preached. And uh, coming out of halftime, we talked about we needed takeaways, you know, and uh, we continued to get them. So that's, you know, there's, there's no secret, you know, you eliminate the mistakes or uh, reduce your own mentals and, and you get takeaways on the other side, hold on to football and good things usually can happen for you. And you look, Dan's right, right? They, they, they followed the game plan to a T. They stepped up, they did their job. And then you flip to the other side of the ball, Peach, and 
It's it's been the Aiden Hutchinson and Kirby Joseph show here over this yeah over rookie, this stretch. rookies again, and you can throw Ali McNeil as you mentioned in mm-hmm. there. The the young guys again, we've talked about it so much with even Malcolm and Josh Pascal when he's been in, but the young guys, the Brad Holmes draft picks are starting to elevate this whole thing up to another level. Yeah, you look at Aiden Hutchinson with the great interception. What a great play call by Aaron Glenn there, dropping him in coverage. It was a zone blitz, you know, scheme there on that play, and Daniel Jones never saw him. And and Aiden goes up, shows his athleticism. I wish he would have converted that little spin move on the side yeah, there, stayed in bounds. That would have been pretty good to return that for a pick six. But nonetheless, you know, the second pick for him. He's now, I think, the second player uh, in NFL history to have at least five sacks and two interceptions in his first ten yep. games. We're talking about impact, right? That's... Five and a half tackles, uh, five and a half sacks. Excuse me, thirty-one tackles. Um, 10 quarterback hits, a a fumble recovery, the two interceptions. I mean, those are impact plays. And then Kirby Joseph playing center field, getting another pick uh, with a nice return, too. And so, look, during this stretch, you know, and Aaron Glenn and and the players and Dan talked about, we got to get some takeaways, right? We've got to generate some of those big plays on defense. Over this three-game stretch, they've had seven um, takeaways. Now six of those are from Hutchinson and Joseph. Yeah, and and the one that wasn't was Aiden Hutchinson dropping back in coverage last week against Chicago and and Okuda making the play. So that's now three straight weeks. Obviously, you're your rookie edge rusher. You want him to get after the quarterback, but three straight weeks with Aiden Hutchinson dropping back in coverage and making a big play to change the game for the Lions. It's huge. I, I mean, it, it shows his versatility. It shows his athleticism. It shows more than, than awareness. Him being more yeah. than just a guy on edge, see ball, see quarterback, get quarterback. Like, there's much more to his game than that. You can play him in space. Um, you can do some things on the edge. This league is trending toward athletic quarterbacks that can get out wide. I think having one of those ends that can play in space and, and do some things, I think that's only going to help you in the future. And so, look, kudos to him. Kudos to Lee McNeil, who you mentioned, Kirby Joseph. There are a lot of good performances in that game um bugs was another one just steady you know him and Aleem do the, that dirty work right yeah, in the middle just right in the middle and it, and it doesn't show up on the stat box in the stat sheet after the game a lot but it was nice to see you know three tackles for loss three quarterback hits a sack for Aleem uh really set ten the tone pressures. early 10 pressures which is pretty amazing up the middle I mean that's crazy I think PFF had him at seven um hurries yeah and I think the next two were Kaminsky and Hutchinson with three yep. apiece. So I mean, just think about that. And that's your your three tech nose, you know, three tech and, and no tackle guy who can play both. But your big guy in the center when he gets that kind of pressure, when he's in the backfield that much, that's good things are going to happen for your defense. And that was something that was harped on a lot going into the game was how is Dexter Lawrence going to affect the Lions mm-hmm. up the middle with that A-gap pressure and and Aleem McNeil was the one who ended up being yeah. the guy that really wrecked the game plan up the middle after all that talk of Dexter Lawrence Aleem McNeil figured it out on the other side and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Jamal Williams a little yeah, bit too no definitely I mean, have all to. Jamal Williams does is score touchdowns I, and I was I, there are worse asked, things to do I asked Jared after the game about him he said look that guy's about as automatic as it comes in terms of goal-to-go situation getting you a rushing touchdown. He had three of them from four yards, one yard, one yard. That gives him 12 on the year. Peach, if I would have told you, oh, back in September, I would have asked you, so Thanksgiving, Jamal Williams is going to lead the NFL with 12 touchdowns, and he was going to be on his way to being a 1,000-yard running back and our number one back. What would you have said? I, I would have looked at you like you had two heads a little bit there. <laughs> Yeah, but here we are. Here we are. And it looked good on him. 
right? I mean, he's been a team leader. He's been a vocal leader for this team. Um, You know, DeAndre Swift has, you know, suffered some injuries. He's had to battle through it. And look, the best availability in this, or the best ability in this league is availability. And and that's what Jamal has been. He's been steady. He's been durable. He's been consistent. um, And he's been the catalyst behind this run game, which is a top 10 run game in the NFL. And look, kudos to him. All he does is run hard, make plays, and score touchdowns. And if I'm a head coach, I like guys like that. Yeah, and and he made the point after the game as well that this is, you know, it's a group effort. And the offensive line, again, played pretty well yesterday. And, and paved the way for this rushing attack all year and and 12 rushing touchdowns for Jamal this year and another one for Swift yesterday like the offensive line has been dominant in the run game and and they pushed around a really good Giants defensive front yesterday in route to four rushing touchdowns so I mean look you love the the young defenders continuing to make plays you like Jamal getting in there and now leading the league you mentioned the offensive line the run game Jared Goff didn't turn the football over was consistent made some really good throws on some third down situations situations to keep drives alive special teams was steady where Justin the Jackson I thought looked yeah, really, number really two. good too yeah he is he kind of trending toward that trending I think it's still Swift at number two but I mean you could see yesterday they were pretty confident in, yeah. in Justin Jackson giving him the football he was on a roll a little bit led um, the team nine carries 66 yards 7.3 average had that long of 27 yards um look good and and I think that's that's good. Now you've got three backs. That I think you're pretty confident in. You hope Swift, um, you know, moves beyond some of the injuries that he's dealing with. I think when when I watch him run, even at practice, you can tell there's still a little hiccup in his giddy up there. You know, just with with the ankle. I think it's he's still dealing with it. He's not. He doesn't look like the same player. And look, he's still out there. He's trying to battle through it. Give you something. Um, that's the advantage that depth gives you, though. If you have a guy like Justin Jackson, you don't have to push him if you don't have to. No. Exactly, and Justin Jackson has has shown that he can, um, you know, handle some of the, some more of the load too. So, look with the offensive line that you talked about, um, with with the depth they got at running back, the defense is, is stepping up and, and, and making plays. It's just kind of fun right now, right? It's, it's three it's in a row all yeah. coming together. What have, we, what have we talked about the whole time, right? What was the goal when I when we started doing this podcast really early, and then they got on that bad stretch where they lost, you know, what five straight or whatever it was? You were like, okay, can they put some stuff together and be in the graphic? Can they, can in they the be hunt, on, the graphic, on the graphic, in the hunt, on the graphic December at the football. end of November? And look, they are. Yeah, they are. Look, it, the NFC is not as strong as it's been in years past. And what are they, two games out of, of the playoff yep. spot right now? Um, but you got a pretty good football team coming to town here. And so really now team. if you win on Thursday – and you beat the Buffalo that's Bills. That's a statement game. That's a statement game. I agree Much with like you 100%. the Giants once. And I that's think when too. I think, you know, you, you like being in the graphic right now, but I think you start talking the P word yeah. if you can beat Buffalo Absolutely. on Thursday. And so, look, this is a kind of a combined podcast here. So, look, we took a, a, a step back. We analyzed that game a little bit. But now let's look forward um, to Thursday's game. It's a big one. It's a big one. And what do we do every week? We do the key matchups presented by BetMGM. And let's get right into it, Peach. Let's start right away with, um, you know, Stefan Diggs versus Jerry Jacobs, because I think that's going to be a big one, especially now that Jeff Okuda is in concussion protocol. It's a quick turnaround from Sunday to Thursday. We talked to Dan Campbell after the game. It doesn't sound like he's going to be able to get out of protocol in time to play Thursday. And that means you've got Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, Knox, McKenzie, 
the third, got a lot of options the third, out there. The, you know, the number three ranked passing offense in the league coming to town and you're without your best cornerback. Not yeah. ideal. Not not ideal. But you have Jerry Jacobs who has stepped in and played well off of his injury. He had a big pass up breakup yesterday against the Giants on third down and has been a very physical man corner. And I think that's what you're going to need against Diggs, especially at kind of a size dis- disadvantage there. Diggs is a physical receiver. Jerry's got to be physical back, and that is his game, and that's how I think the Lions are going to have to skirt by this. And I think Kirby, another step for him against Josh Allen, playing a little center field, giving some help to the Diggs side, I think you might see more of that on, on Thursday. Josh will give you some opportunities. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think what, they have 18 turnovers on the year. I think that's they rank 30th in the NFL. He's got 10 interceptions. He's up so, there in turnover-worthy plays, too. So he'll, he'll give you some opportunities. There might be some there. But when you talk about Diggs, 104 targets, 76 catches, 1,033 yards already, and eight touchdowns in 10 games. This is as a dynamic a pass attack as Detroit's faced all year. And so, you, look, you're going to be down your corner. So other guys got to step up, right? We talk about Jerry Jacobs. He's in the in, in you know, in the graphic here. But uh, Amani Oriwarie, Mike Hughes, Will Harris, I think all those guys are going to have to step up and, and, and play their best football games. Because it's not only Diggs, too. Like you mentioned, it's McKenzie. It's Gabe Davis. They have a, a – a, Plethora. Plethora. There's the word. <laughs> James Cook out of the backfield. Yeah. I mean, they got guys, Naheem Hines. Like, they have plenty of weapons here that are going, that are all pass catchers, that yeah. are, need to be covered somewhere. So, this is now without your number one corner. Everybody's got to step up a little bit. And, like you said, Josh Allen is going to give you some opportunities. So, again, much like yesterday, you got to capitalize on them when they come up. Well, that segues right into the next one. Let's talk about Josh Allen. And for this one, I, you know, I put Jared Goff because I think this is a good battle between two quarterbacks, two veteran guys, indoors, weather's not going to be a factor, um, two really good offenses. If you if you look at you know the stat rankings that I tweeted out um, on Monday, I mean, you look at these offenses just across the board, top 10 in, yep. in lots and lots of categories. And so to me, you know, you, you look at um, Allen, 64% completion percentage, 2,930 yards, 20 touchdowns. We talked about the 10 interceptions, but also a guy who can get it done with his legs too, right? Yeah. He leads that team in rushing with 483 yards. He's got four touchdowns to go with that too. So he's just one of those guys that kind of does it all. And Peace, do you think the fact that they played Justin Fields and they played Daniel Jones in back-to-back weeks, they're kind of in that a guy can beat us with his legs mode does that help them, you think? I think I think it helps at least a little bit. And you did a, a decent job on Jones in the second half. The first half he got you for a couple, he rushed for a touchdown. But then in the second half, when they needed to throw the ball more, he wasn't running as much, and you kind of held down the fort that way. But this is another, you know, I know we're going to talk about Aiden in a couple minutes, but you got to set the edge, you got to set contain. Don't let Josh Allen beat you with his legs. But the problem is, unlike Daniel Jones and Justin Fields, He's a better thrower than those guys, so yeah. he's going to beat you either way. But and I put Jared in here too because I think he's gonna ha- they're going to have to make some plays in the pass yeah. game, yeah. you know. And look, Jamison Williams returned to practice this week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's probably something more down the line, but it was a good little. A little it's news a, breaker a victory on, a, Monday. on a Monday yeah. late, uh, victory late Monday morning. Huh? It gives you a little something to write about, a little boost. Um, obviously, gives something, gives the Bills something to think about as well and, and, and prepare for. So, but look, this is a Lions team that's got 38 
um, completions of 20 plus yards. And so, look, they can throw the ball a little yep. bit too, you know, and, and they rank in the top 10 in, in passing offense in the league. And so, to me, it's just, you know, which of these two quarterbacks is going to make the fewest mistakes and which of them is going to be able to find a big play, a big momentum play in the pass game that, that can maybe separate their team. I think those are two key statistics in this one. And I think, like you said, I think it's just take care of the ball, especially on the Lions' side, is that you don't want to give the Bills' offense any more opportunities than they're already going to have. Even with the defense playing well, you just those weapons, Josh Allen, keep the ball away from them unless you have to give it back. If you kick off after a score, great, but don't give them extra possessions unless you have to. But something I like, too, is Jared's confidence, too. Yeah, because I he's feeling to, it right I now. I talked to him after the game, and I asked him about, you know, the job they did against the Giants' defense. They were, you know, ranked number two in the NFL in red zone. They were four for five, and he looked at me and said, yeah, well, you know, we're pretty good red zone offense too you know we were fifth you know we heard it all week about how good they were well we want to show how good we were and there's a little bit of swag with Jared right now and I think you know he feels that this is an offense that maybe isn't getting their just due and I think he's probably thinking you know they better take care of the football because if you give us extra chances we're going to go score too five games of 30 plus points this year I mean they could score points and and they're going to be at home I think this offense and Jared's playing with a lot of confidence right now yeah and you, you in theory DJ Chark got worked back in the rotation a little bit yesterday. Reps. Didn't play a lot, yeah. but you know, another three another days yeah. could that buy him a couple more snaps? That's your deep threat now. That's a bigger bodied receiver instead of Tom Kennedy and Amon Ra underneath. You get an outside threat. You've got to pay attention. To yeah, him. I think at, at the very least he's got to be covered, and they have two excellent cornerbacks. Buffalo does, but that's another that's another layer for the Lions' yeah. offense that has been missing for sure. So, but if Jared's going to be able to get the ball down the field to um, a guy like DJ Chark, they're going to have to block Von Miller. Yes, and, they are. And that's the next one for me is, is Von Miller versus Taylor Decker. And and I think that's going to be such a terrific matchup. Two veteran guys. Guys have been doing it for a long, long time. Um, look, Von Miller went to Buffalo to win a Super Bowl. And, like, he's doing his his end of the deal, right? I mean, eight sacks, 11 quarterback hits. Worth every cent of that contract. every cent. And I, I look at D- Taylor Decker on the other side, one quarterback pressure in his last three games he's perfect yesterday three sacks yep. all year long and so um he's playing really really well and so look Penny Sewell's gotten a lot of love and, and deservedly so and and I think sometimes Taylor Decker goes maybe under the radar yep. a little bit well, but I think he's consistently one of the top five to top 10 left tackles in this league and he's playing like it this year and I think even you know Vaughn is a guy you could get really creative with you can throw him on stunts have him come inside off the edge and that's when you have Decker and a Pro Bowl garden, Jonah Jackson. I think those two are, are, you know, solidified and have been playing well enough. And Decker, no pressures yesterday, no quarterback hits yesterday, like you mentioned. That is that is the matchup protecting that blind side because Von Miller is going to try to wreak whatever havoc possible. And they have, you know, they have Greg Rousseau, they have Carlos Basham, they have Ed Oliver, they have other guys on the defensive line that are going to be on the other side. But Von Miller is the key yep. that you have to focus on. And I think Taylor Decker, this is the form you want him coming into this game with. 100%. He's got to be playing with a ton of confidence yeah. right now, too. And and with Vaughn, too, it's not just getting the sacks. Is he's so great at getting the football, too, knocking it out, yep. getting his hand on the football, strip sacks, those type of things. You see over the years so many huge, big plays and games with him and, you know, affecting the football, affecting the quarterback. And so, look, that's going to be a terrific matchup in this one. Taylor Decker's got to be good against Vaughn Miller if this pass game's going to get going, if Jared is going to have time to, you know, 
push the ball down the field vertically, which I think we both agree is, is something they're going to have to probably do in this game a little bit more than they have. It just it adds another layer. And Amon Ra and Kali Freeman and Tom Kennedy, especially like the one Tom Kennedy took on the slant against Chicago, like those can be schemed open with yards after the catch, and the Lions have done a good job of that. But there's something different that DJ Chark can do going down the field yeah. like that, that if there's time to do it, I'd like to see it broken out on Thursday. 100%. And, let, you know, let's get to our next matchup. To me, it's is – and I wanted to put this one in there because he's coming off such a great game. Yeah. Is Ali McNeil, can he stack another performance like that on top? And against, you know, uh, Mitch Moore, um, you know, terrific center for, for them. You know, a guy who's uh, – Mitch Morris, excuse me. You know, one sack, two hits all year long. Yeah. I mean, he has been really steady for that Buffalo. He's kind of that guy, like Frank a little bit, for, for Detroit, who kind of just settles everything down in there. You know, veteran guy who's been doing it at a, at a high level. Um, and he's been really good. But but you love what Ali McNeil and the confidence he's got to have coming into this one. The sack, the three tackles for losses, the seven quarterback pressures, the ten hurries, which you talked about. I mean, just just everything about that game. He, 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 I know he told Danny Rogers after the game, he was like, yeah, I kind of woke up just feeling a little different. Yeah. I, I, was, I was feeling good. Like I need to show out a little bit. Well, whatever he ate, whatever time he went to bed, whatever he do it again did the day before figure it out. Sunday in New York, figure it out and do it exactly again. So, um, that's a big one to me too. Can he generate that same kind of pressure? I mean, like, like you said with Taylor Decker and like, pretty much the whole team. You're on a three-game win streak. Everybody is rolling right now. But Aleem McNeil has to be feeling... And I think, like you mentioned, his interview with Danny... I think he's really confident in the way he's playing. And that can extend to Kaminsky, like you said, and Bugs. And those guys on the inside don't know about Pascal yet, but maybe he comes back too. Between those four, you're getting pressure right up the middle on Josh Allen, and then you have Aiden to make a play on the edge. Ah, look at you with the segue. That's called a segue. Right into Aiden. Look at that. It's like you had notes or something. Know what was coming. And and the last one to me is Aiden Hutchison and, and Spencer Brown, yep. right? The right tackle there. And, and look, they're going to move Aiden around. He's going to play both sides, but I think that's a matchup right there. I think their top tackle, Deion Dawkins, yep. I think we both can agree with that. I think if you're going to get some opportunity is probably going to be against Spencer. Um, and so, look, when I look at Hutch, he's a rookie of the year contender to yep. me. I think Sauce Gardner, you know, is, is the clear number one in, in terms of, you know, the rookie of the year. But Hutchinson's the number two in my it's eyes. It's a big opportunity, national TV audience, and, and take advantage against a good team. 31 tackles, five and a half sacks, 10 quarterback hits, two interceptions, a fumble. We talked about it early, but that is, it's just impact. And so can he do that again on a national stage against an offense like this, against a quarterback like this? Boy, I think that could sway a lot of people if Aiden Hutchinson goes and has a couple sacks, a big turnover, something like that. I think the national eyes can go, okay, I, maybe Detroit's maybe got something here in this kid. And and it's Spencer Brown, too, who is another young guy. I know you and Mike have talked about that with Braxton Jones in Chicago, rookie on rookie. Spencer Brown, second-year tackle from northern Iowa, kind of a developmental project that has started now a lot of games for the Bills, but is not your premier tackle, not like even Either of the two guys the Lions have, not like Andrew Thomas. Oh, Andrew Thomas, yeah. Yeah, that, that you faced last week. You have an opportunity here 
if you're Aiden Hutchinson, to put yourself even further on the map against uh, another guy, another young guy that doesn't have exactly the big book on pass rush moves like some of these veteran tackles. 16 hurries for him allowed. So, I mean, there's been some opportunities for guys that that are lined up across him to make some plays. So, you know, I think it'll be big. Can Aiden Aiden get that strip sack? Can he get that – you know, yeah, tip we off. haven't seen that, the strip sack. That, that, yet. Big, that, would that be, big turnover. Yeah. Um that just, you know, can 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 make the difference in, in what we hope's a close game and uh potentially a, a fourth straight victory for that the Lions. That would be something. That would this one would really be something. Yeah. Um because this is certainly a very good football team. They've got Super Bowl aspirations. They're the favorites to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. So look, it's a short week. Uh, injuries could play a factor. You never know what's going to go on. We'll both be at Ford Field. We'll be there. We'll break it I'm down it afterward. And hopefully, we're, we're talking about four in a row. That well, that would certainly be something going into a mini buy and having a couple more home games on the slate and being very much in the graphic after that. So Absolutely. He is PJ Clark. I'm Tim Twentyman. We will come, be coming from you from Ford Field Thursday night for another Twentyman the Huddle podcast.